me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Anxious world, what's going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. Like always, I'm your humble and gracious and happy and all the above host, Keith. And um, if you hear any type of sound, that's because I'm recording in my car. I had to do this recording real quick, you know, away from the kids. You know, sometimes I got to do that. And um, yeah, as I get ready for a much needed, you know, vacation with the wife, you know, the show must go on. So, you know, still got to record. So on this episode, you're going to hear the story of Bobby Barr. And um, the title of his story, I love his title. It's called Kicking Anxiety in the Ass. We all want to do that. And Bobby just going to touch on his life. You know, what he been through with uh, panic attacks, a couple health scares that he had throughout his life that, you know, caused even more anxiety. And he's going to give us, you know, a, a really informative look into his life and how he coped with everything and how he started to manage manage his anxiety and panic attacks and his health and all the above. So once again, thank you, Bobby, for, you know, being a voice for mental health and doing this for me. Um, like I said, the show must go on, even though I'm going on vacation. So sorry if it seems like I'm talking really quick because I am because my son is uh, calling my name. I can hear him. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Anxiety About Anxiety. Um, and yeah, so let's get into this episode by Bobby Barr, Kicking Anxiety in the Ass. Thank you for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast, what I love to call therapy for your soul. <laughs> Be blessed, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is Bobby Barr from Halifax, West Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. And I'm happy to do this podcast for Keith Snyder for anxiety about anxiety and talk about my experiences. There's three topics that I'm going to cover. One is panic attacks and anxiety. The second one is blood clots on the lungs. And the third one is vertigo. So it's probably 12, 13 years ago now I started suffering from panic attacks. I was running a business at the time. Um, it was full on, lots of long hours, um, lots of uh, uh, you know daily problems because it was a waste management company that I was running. So we had lots of lorries on the, on the road. There were lots of moving parts every day within the business. And that caused lots of um, problems, obstacles that we had to overcome. And we had many, many obstacles on a daily, daily basis, whether it's a lorry breaking down, getting a flat tire, um, involved in an accident, getting stuck on a landfill site, whatever it may be, you set your schedule out for the day and you have a worksheet to, to conduct customers to keep happy. And when something goes wrong, obviously you're going to let somebody down and it's how you then handle it. So over a period of time, I started to feel that I wasn't getting a good night's sleep. And then it came to a, a, a point where at night time I used to wake up all of a sudden, I'd be in a sweat, my hands and my palms would be sweating, my heart would be racing. And I was thinking, what is happening? I didn't understand exactly what was happening. And then in 2008, I was with a work colleague. We'd gone to a, a, a sporting game in, in the UK to watch Manchester United of the Premiership, they were playing in the Champions League, which is the European uh, League, uh, and it was the semi-final. And we took our two boys, who were eight years old at the time, and when we got to the ground, I had a pounding headache. And that particular night, 
and we came to half time went to get a drink with the boys and a bite to eat and as I bit into my hot dog my son turned to me and he said dad your mouth looks funny I went to take a drink of my drink and, the, and it dribbled down the side of my face um, long story short we finished the game I went home I was driving I had a, a, a painful headache it was midnight I dropped my son off uh, with his mom and I said I'm going to the hospital I went to the hospital and I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy so in between the the panic and anxiety I got Bell's palsy and for anybody that doesn't know what Bell's palsy is it's like a mini stroke in your face you do not lose any you don't or you don't have paralysis of, of one side like in a in a, a major stroke you just have where your face drops and it can drop for a week a month um, you know months in fact you know you just you just do not know and at the hospital they gave me some steroids and they sent me home and I ended up being off work for, for three weeks at home with an eye patch because my eyes were what my eye was watering constantly I didn't actually have time off work I was still working but I was doing it from home on the end of a, on the end of a telephone um, and every day I had that pounding headache the the stress the anxiety all started to build up and I didn't have a clue what was going on and anybody that says that in that time they're not affected in some way then they, they would be lying because whether you like it or not it affects you and when it affects you when you feel down and things like that it is a form of depression um, it's not a deep depression but depending on what kind of person you are your mindset how you look at uh, life and challenges and I've always been a sportsman throughout my life I'm fortunate that I played a, as a professional sportsman so I've always had a competitive edge I've had a fairly you know what I would term as a, a decent decently strong mindset and I wanted to overcome it no matter what and and in a fight or flight situation many people will have heard this with their panics attacks and anxiety you have a fight or flight situation some people a flight where they they just worry constantly and don't do anything about it hoping that it'll pass and then you've got the people that are, are, are fight that you know are a little bit proactive and they start to delve into a little bit more and they don't want to be beaten they'll talk about it they'll you know speak to the doctor and things like that and over a period of time this gradually started to get worse and worse until until one night I was laid in bed and I had this moment shall we say a big flash of white light came above me and I thought that's it I'm gone I thought I was gonna have a heart attack and, and die that night that's exactly how I felt I ended up waking up and I nudged my son's mom and I said I don't feel well I think I might need an ambulance she rang the, the emergency line and all I could hear them say was if his lips turn blue ring us straight back before I knew it the ambulance turned up I was very very lethargic I couldn't really move and they took me to the hospital they give me an ECG which is an electrical cardiogram an ECG and within that time over a few hours things started to settle and I didn't feel that panic anymore but they told me everything's okay with you we've checked your heart off you go so I was able to go it was just one of those moments that I'd had and basically they, they'd said to me that you've hit the wall uh, you know and anybody that's in business 
that he's, he's feeling low, lethargic, no energy, can't be bothered, things like that. It can be construed as a form of depression. But when you're running a business, it's also an indication that you may have hit the wall. You need a little bit of a break. You need to take things slowly. You need to readjust what you're doing and, and how you're living your life, for example. And, and that's what I needed to do. And that was a serious wake-up call for me, I have to say. And then in 2010, I then stopped working at the company. I'd been there approximately, I think, between eight and 10 years. And it was time to do something for myself. And I used to go all over the world consulting. And I used to get on an airplane quite often. And I was working in Africa. And as part of that, I needed to take the yellow fever vaccine as well as take some uh, malaria tablets. And whilst I was in Africa, I had a serious panic attack on the flight um, on the way out there. And then at night time, when I used to be in the hotel from seven o'clock at night till nine o'clock the next morning, um, which is quite a long time on your own 14 hours, uh, and you're having a panic, panic attack with anxiety and there's only you on your own, it's it's you know it's very very mentally tough, and you know and it was it was a, it was a struggle. I won't lie, it was a struggle. But again, me being me, always looking for the positives. I made sure that I always stayed hydrated as much as I could, and and just got through it. I knew my heart was okay, so everything was okay. I didn't know if it was a mixture of the vaccine and the medication that I took for the malaria tablets. I I didn't have a clue. But it was not a nice experience, especially when you're so far from home as well. And then after that, I continued to get panic attacks. I had them at a family wedding and I need just I'd returned from Africa, needed to go uh, to a wedding, went there, had a major panic attack. Again, thought I was having a heart attack, went into the hospital and got another ECG. And they told me that my heart rate was OK or my heart was OK, but I may have malaria and they weren't going to let me out. I needed two blood tests. I never told anybody that I was going to the hospital. I didn't want to worry the family on a wedding day um, because it was after the actual wedding. It was during the reception. So I went to the hospital and then I came, you know, I had two blood tests and, and luckily an hour before I was due to fly, they let me out and I managed to get the plane. And then fast forward 2018, it was October 2018. And I was due, it was on a Tuesday night, it was the 21st of October, I believe. And then I was in, due to, to be in London a couple of days later at a meeting and, and I was speaking at a conference. I didn't feel too good. I felt very lethargic at the gym and I mean really lethargic. Went to the hospital that night just to get a checkup. I got an ECG again, heart, your heart's fine. And, and the, I remember the doctor saying, you've either got blood clots on your lungs or you've got trapped wind. And I remember saying, blood clots on my lungs, I'm a fit guy, I train regular, blah, blah, blah. He said, people that are fit that do this are generally ones that end up with blood clots. Lo and behold, the results came back, blood clots on my lungs. Absolutely devastated. I then had to start taking blood thinners for life, that's what I was told. I'd gone from nothing, no medication whatsoever, to blood thinners for life overnight. It was unbelievable. And to cap it off, my dear mom went was in the hospital the same day 
and she got diagnosed with blood clots on her lungs as well in the same day. So that's a day that I'm never going to forget in my life. And roll on six weeks after that, sadly, my mom passed away with cancer. And while she was in the hospice about to pass away, I again was in London at another event due to be speaking again. And I was at lunchtime, sat around a table having some lunch, looked out the window and all the cars were spinning, just going round and round and round. It was so scary, it was unbelievable. And I remember getting up, going to the toilet and telling the guys I didn't feel too well. And I staggered everywhere. I went to the hospital, couldn't go to the speaking event. Luckily there was one 250 meters away. So I managed to get in a taxi. Everything was spinning so badly. Like it was a, you know, when people have a night on the, on the, on drink, on alcohol, and you end up with a spinning room. It was 10 times as bad as that. Got to the hospital, eventually got in. Remember, I'm on blood thinners at this time. And there was concern because I was on blood thinners had I got a, a, a bleed on the brain. That's what the initial thoughts were. And as I was going, getting wheeled down the corridor, I heard one of the nurses say, or one of the, the doctors, have you ever suffered from vertigo? And I said, no, never. And they did lots of tests. I had to have scans. And bear in mind, my mom's in the hospice and she passed away within less than a week after this particular time. They, they wanted to keep me in for three days um, to do some observations. And I said, no, I can't. My dear mom's in the hospice. She's about to die. I need to get back. I said, but I, I promise when I get back, I'll go to the local hospital and get a check out. Got back. I was fine. Traveling back on the train. Went and seen my dear dad who also had cancer. And I said, I'm going to the hospital, Dad, I don't feel too good. Went to the hospital, got there, saw somebody in the waiting room that I knew. And I thought, oh, I've got to speak to them now. And all of a sudden, all these things happening. Next thing, everything started spinning again. It was absolutely unbelievable. I ended up spending three nights in hospital. I couldn't see for three days. I had total blurred vision for three days. I was told at the end of it that I had a bleed on the brain. And then I was told that they got the results wrong and I didn't have a, ble a bleed on the brain and that I was able to go. I remember getting in my car and driving to the hospice. I didn't have total vision, uh, but I just needed to get there because my mom was concerned I'd not been to see her. So I just said, I didn't feel too well. I'll, I, I don't want to you know, pass anything on. So I'll come and see you early in the week. So it was the Monday night. I went on the Monday night to see my mom. She passed away on the Thursday morning, uh, or the Friday morning, sorry. And I, I went to see her. I still was not 100%. I had to then start taking medication. All this time, panic attacks started to come back again. And I had for months and months and months, nothing but this sickly feeling in my stomach due to vertigo. And it was during the lockdown period that I then, um, a, fr a dear friend of mine who um, had kidney stones, um, I watched one of his videos and he overcame kidney stones by drinking alkaline water. And I listened to him, I had a chat with him uh, the next day and I said, tell me about this alkaline water. I think I need it because of what I've gone through. 
and it, I'm 12 months now drinking alkaline water. Panic attacks, I don't, is very, very rare that I have them. Vertigo is now very, very rare that I have them. I've now started to investigate what causes these sorts of things to happen. And obviously when you're suffering from vertigo, blood clots, it's a real strain on your mental health. But one thing that I've learned guys so much that can help everybody on this podcast. And it, I am a fit guy. I have a resting heart rate of around 40. I've trained all my life. It makes no difference. One thing I learned as I started to drink the alkaline water was my body was acidic. I did a urine test with a pH strip. My body was acidic. And if anybody understands what that means, any type of disease thrives in an acidic environment. Water that we drink has got lots of chemicals, lots of heavy metals, and when you combine that with an acidic body, everything is playing havoc. And if you're on medication, you've got underlying conditions like blood pressure, cholesterol, cancer, for example, IBS, you know, all these types of things you've got inflammation within your body. And the only way that you can decrease, reduce inflammation is by bringing your body to a pH body state. Our optimal pH is 7.2 to 7.4. And to give you an idea, cancer is 7.3 to 7.6 pH. And diseases and viruses do not live well in an alkaline body state. Do your own research, there's lots of it out there. Inflammation occurs, oxidation is inflammation in your body when your body's in an acidic state. I've now been drinking alkaline water for 12 months and I've learned that as long as I keep my body hydrated and even when I thought that I was drinking enough water, I wasn't. I now drink at least three to four, even five liters of water a day. And when you are working out and everything else, you get dehydrated quickly. As you get older, you, you don't drink as much water. And I drink anywhere from minimum three liters to five liters per day, hot and cold. So that's tea, coffee, etc., and just water straight from the bottle that I make every morning that is alkaline water. I've now bought an alkaline uh, water machine to put on my tap, it's a, a filtration system. I don't have any chlorine, any fluoride or any heavy metals now touching my body. And I feel so much better for doing it guys. And the, the main things that I've learned is hydration is so important. Everybody out there, you can all do uh, a pH body test quite easily. Get yourself a pH strip with some iodine and you, uh, and you can then put it in the water, a pH strip, and it'll tell you in your urine what color you are. It ranges from like an orange all the way up to purple, which is 14. Green is in the middle around 7.2 to 7.4. I was a yellowy orange when I did my test first. I'm fortunate now, I'm just, as I'm talking, I'm looking across on at my test from today and it's now light blue which my, which means my body is around an 8 pH and another thing that I've learned is to do breathing exercises 
so important. Um, I followed a guy from the Netherlands in Holland called Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F-F. He is known as the Iceman. He's broke 26 world records doing things like running in bare feet, running a marathon in bare feet, climbing Mount Everest in shorts and a t-shirt. And his breathing exercises help to alkaline your blood. I suggest that you follow him and look into him and see exactly what he's doing. I have an app. I do a breathing exercise every day, 30 breaths. On the last one out, I hold and I'm now up to three, four minutes holding it. I do three rounds and that also helps to alkaline my blood. So now I've got blood alkaline that's, that's right and I've also got my body alkaline via my urine, which is also right. And I feel so much better. And I know when I have a feeling, when I feel a little bit sickly, or I feel like I'm getting a headache coming on, it's nine times out of 10, it's due to dehydration. And I drink a liter of water very, very quickly. And I, I just let it hit my body. Your body will absorb and hydrate the areas that need hydrating and it will reject what it doesn't need in the way of you going to the toilet. Don't be afraid of it. Start drinking more water and hydrate. Another thing that I noticed from an app I used from the food intake that I was taking, I wasn't eating enough protein. I was eating too much uh, foods uh, that were more, uh, you know, sugary based and also low GI carbohydrates such as brown rice and things like that, brown bread, which is a slow release carbohydrate. But I wasn't eating enough protein. I've changed that. I wasn't getting asleep at the right times of the night. And the best time that you can sleep, to all to do with your circadian rhythm, is 10 o'clock at night till two o'clock in the morning. Those four hours give you your optimal sleep of the pattern of bringing your body into what it's called the circadian rhythm um, format, if you like. You can check that out on Google also. I know I've gone on a little bit here, but it's so important. I'm so passionate from the experience that I've done. I get out every single day and do something, whether it's walking, cycling, um, or, or even going, going to the gym when it's open. Even if it's for 30 minutes or 60 minutes, even if you feel you're suffering with anxiety or vertigo or anything else, get yourself out there, do some walking. Why? Because it lowers your blood pressure. It also helps to stabilize your heart rate. All things that affect uh, panic attacks and anxiety and vertigo, usually guys. So it's so important. And I'm so passionate about speaking about what I've endured. I consider myself to be a fairly strong mentally guy. And you know, I don't do sympathy at all. I don't want it. I'm always looking for the solution of how I can overcome things. And I'm fortunate that I can do that. And because of it, I'm happy to speak out and reach out to as many people as possible that may not have the same strength that I, that I have in the way that I analyze and try to get over things. And for me, that's important. And if this podcast, um, you're listening to what I'm saying, resonates and helps one person, I will be a happy, happy man indeed. So, Thank you for listening. 
And a big shout out to Keith Snyder for letting me do this. Anxiety about anxiety. Don't be frightened to talk. Hydration, protein, sleep, exercise. Four things that everybody needs in their life and things will start to get better. But alkaline water, I can assure you guys, has been the major driver behind why I am feeling so much better. My body's in a pH body state. Have a great day, everyone. Sorry that you're having to battle through this. Keep positive as much as you can. There is light at the end of the tunnel because I can see it. And thank you for listening. God bless everyone.